In therapy and in music, the baseline informs where we go to next. This is the show that examines the present state of music therapy and asks, where to from here? Welcome to Baselines with Joe Thompson. This podcast was made on the lands of the Darug people. Cheryl Butterworth is the operations manager at the Neurologic Music Therapy Services of Arizona. On top of her professional role, she is the mother of one of the clinic's long-term clients, Colin, who has autism. I invited her on the show to share about her and Colin's journey with NMTSA, neurologic music therapy, autism, and all that comes with it. Additionally, Cheryl and Colin generously gave me permission to share some of Colin's writing, a graduation speech that he typed with his therapist. You can hear me reading it at the conclusion of the interview. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Um, Can you just like tell us what you do here to start off with and who you are? Of course. So my name is Cheryl Butterworth. I am the operations manager here at NMTSA. Um, Started out volunteering here because my son was uh, a client. He started therapy here when he was 20 months old. He was so young when he started, Yeah, he, uh, you know, he had a really seemingly normal development. He was full-term baby, um, pretty happy little baby. And then it seemed like he was meeting a lot of his milestones pretty well, like gross motor wise. And then we just started noticing little differences as he got into like even just over a year old, other kids in our play group were starting to do different things. And we were noticing he wasn't doing them like an airplane goes by and other kids would point up to the airplane and he didn't even seem to know there was an airplane around or we'd be calling to him and he would just be happy, but ignoring us. So he wasn't getting speech. And so around that 18 month mark, they still wanted to say, Oh boys, a lot of boys talk late, late talking boys, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, "Uh, I don't know, because he also started kind of getting a little bit more whiny at times, but he was always very social and stuff. Like he, you know, you've met him. People would say he's atypical autism sometimes because he's so engaging and social, Uh, but he just, speech wasn't coming. He was kind of like crying a lot, hard time sleeping, all these types of things. So... Summing up that whole little diagnosis portion, he, he basically went for a speech consult and evaluation. She subsequently referenced him for an OT, you know, and then that led to psych and, and then the nightmare began. That's how we felt. We were just like felt ambushed, but met Suzanne and he's been with her ever since. The most important hour of Colin's week every week is NMT. Wow. Because it just took everything all together and kind of put it in this little package that just seemed to hit all of his needs. So what was it like, like in his first couple of sessions? Like, could you tell 
something <laughs> significant was happening even then. He was, even his developmental pediatrician said, I've never seen a kid like so hyper. He would yeah. run the room, dump out every bucket of toys, just like so like just seeking every sensory stimulation. He had no awareness of his body, very clumsy, um, just hyper, hyper, run, 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 run. We called him Kinetic Colin. That was his nickname because he was just constant, constant motion, constant everything. Um, and even though he didn't have verbal speech, very loud, just ha ha ha, everything was funny and laughing and little jabbery, but not, you know, that was one of his obviously fine motor deficits, which he's still, he's globally apraxic, found out all these different things that just make sense now. When the core things of NMT are addressed, we see a big difference when he's got his sensory needs taken care of, when he can feel his body better, when he has the input that helps to organize him. Suzanne has a video of him that she's used for many trainings, and I still watch it like all the time because it's just amazing. Plus, I like seeing him when he was little. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, he was just, that's the best way to describe it. He was just kind of all over the place. And even other therapies would sometimes have a hard time accomplishing things because they would want to do this exercise and that, and they weren't taking the sensory component and all of the movement needs that these, a lot of these guys have into consideration. So it was either like, oh, he didn't want to participate or, oh, I don't think he likes that activity. Let's try something else where it was really like, yes, you have to see what his interests are, but he can't even like think about any of that if he's not in his body, so to speak, is a term that is used a lot. So it just made a lot of sense for us. And we were just all in from day one. Yeah. So he was... He was being visually driven. He didn't have awareness of his body. And so whatever he saw, suddenly his body is over there. It's not like he was choosing to run across whatever space and field in his life. And so you must have just been like chasing him for all the time and just thinking like, how on earth am I going to like, I mean, he's keeping you fit, I guess, but you must have been like exhausting. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. He wore me out. And then with the not sleeping, we're just like perpetually exhausted. You know, it was just, it was no way we knew that wasn't a way to live like long-term. We weren't going to, we were going to make it. Um, and meanwhile we were hitting all of our therapies and I was seeing some progress with the one-on-one. So we ended up in a cross cat kindergarten and had our IEP meeting. It's our, you know, annual meeting focusing on his goals and whatnot. And it was the same goals over and over every time. Mm. Terrible stuff. Like he'll be able to identify 10 colors or he'll be able to identify 10, you know, just Just things that, that, things that we knew now that he was working with these other qualified one-on-one therapist and they were doing some testing with him when he was focused and feeling his body, he could do those things. Mm. But he um, started doing some typing at that point too, in kindergarten, simple typing. And he said, they think I'm dumb. Wow. So that must've been like such a pivotal moment as, and there's probably a huge amount of emotions that came along with that. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had started doing some of that typing, um, at with, you know, during his NMT sessions and 
you know, a lot of people are skeptical about it and um, brought me to tears, of course, because you could just, unless you knew him, you really couldn't understand, like, the look on his face when he finally felt like people could understand him because he, um, at that point, we didn't even have iPads yet. We had these contraptions called dino boxes or something like that, where they're like, I'm seriously like 30 pound thing. This kid has before it wasn't that heavy, but it was very heavy, big cumbersome box that you walk around with and you can touch pictures and all that. And, um, so that's great. And he, that did bring some relief, but it was still pre-programmed in there. So when he could start type, and then, then we started saying, okay, we're going to respect his words and we're going to start listening to him. So he started having some input on his, you know, when he said, I, they think I'm dumb and things that he could do. And then he started to be able to show different things. They did other testing. Well, he still had the hyperactivity going on yeah. and we really struck, we were very strongly feeling he needed a one-on-one aide. At the time, it was a brand new teacher and the aide in the room, two elderly women. And this is a kid who could like run, run. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> to sum it up, we ended up being in private placement paid for by the district after we had an IEP meeting. They denied us a one-on-one aide. And the following week, they proceeded to lose him on campus. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, which we wouldn't even know about. I was out walking in a stroller with my newborn son at the time. And my friend, who had a daughter at the school, was up at the school and heard an announcement over the PA system. Describing my child. Yeah. Turns out they were on the playground. And guess what? My kid took off running, somehow slipped in the door, and it was a two-story school. They were on the PA announcing, describing him. You know, his name's Colin, they finally said. If you can, you know, let us know. The principal, it was on a main street, too, like very dangerous. Principal was out in the street. Like, my friend said she was absolutely losing it, thinking, oh my gosh, the teacher was hysterical because she was just in the IEP where they said they did, we didn't need the one-on-one. Ended up, he was, he got himself running wild, having the time of his life like he always does. He always has a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Loves life. Ended up on the second floor where a middle schooler had to basically tackle him oh to get him. Goodness. And he still thought that was hilarious because he's getting like squeezes and deep pressure. <laughs> So that was from kindergarten, and he just graduated out of the school system this past May. So and made it through. Made it yeah, through. Yep. Yeah. You know, NMTSA did have a school program for that he participated in for, I want to say, seven and a half years. NMTSA's ACT school had opportunities for more age-appropriate education, more of the typing communication and opportunities to practice that. At this point, I started working for NMTSA, and we graduated out several people. And since he was older and still could be in the school system, we ended up transferring him back to the other school, which had kind of more um, transition-type life skill opportunities at that point. Plus, he had already received all of his high school credits. So when he graduated this year, he got his completion, and then he also was the only one in his group of eight that had an actual high school diploma, too, because he finished all of his academic credits. Yeah, wow. Which is a huge achievement. 
When he started to communicate, was that a shock for you? Or did you think, oh, no, I always knew that was in there? Well, he started using the PEC system first. So that was kind of an eye-opener. And it was it was a whole learning process for all of us, right? So I was genuinely always believing. I His receptive language has always been so strong. Um, since he was little in a car seat, he would crack up if I made a wrong turn somewhere. Like, because... I don't know. He just is super, super smart. And we know this. And when they were started doing adaptive testing with him, it was coming through once he could kind of like with his apraxia issues, get the deep pressure and get the organization so that he could independently make choices, even if it was photos. And we're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. We already, we always kind of knew that, but now he's getting to show other people. Then with the actual communicating, like manding and asking for certain things and, making little sentence strips that really started blowing our minds. So then when they were able to do the electronic with the Dynavox and later the iPad, he had even more opportunity than with the typing. That was just a whole nother level. Things that started happening. I would make a point not to, cause I'm a talker. <laughs> I would make a point with his therapist at the time to not say, Oh, this is what we did this week. And he had a great week. And then we did this and that. And, and I would just have to, like restrain myself and say, here's Colin. He's ready for therapy. Have a good session. The day that I really, that it really hit home was when they came out and she's like, well, we had a really great session and we worked on this, that, and the other. He did a little typing today. I couldn't really understand some of it, but I, you know, we, we printed it out because at the time the devices you could print whatever. And it said fun at the big pool. And I, she's like, I don't really know. I thought you guys didn't even have a pool. And I just started that I, I can just, I like freaking out yeah. even thinking about it because yeah. it was such a moment. We had gone to a water park. Nobody knew. And I was like, okay. So we always knew this was in there. Yeah. So you couldn't have been there to somehow elicit that response from him she (laughs) didn't know so she couldn't have done it it still makes me emotional and she was confused by what it meant and colin the whole time is cracking up because we're both sitting there going so so he said i had fun at fun at big pool or fun and he's cracking up just laughing like yeah we had a blast and i'm sitting there again rendered speechless for the second time in my life (laughs) (laughs) and She's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I said, yeah, we went to the water park. I'm like, <laughs> uh, so it was just, yeah. it was one of those, oh my gosh, moments. And then it just kind of kept happening from there. So then I went in, you know, they had parent trainings and, and learning to do this. And it, ta- it takes a lot of practice. It takes, he's a very relationship centered kind of guy. Um, so he has to have like confidence in you, confidence that you have confidence in him. It's a whole trust thing. And we're able to now be able to have these thoughts and conversations. And sometimes he types with me more than others. Sometimes he has full blown conversations with me, with someone else being his assistant, but it's just, and there's no doubt in my mind anymore. I mean, so he's such a social kid that I'm so thankful to have an outlet like that. And you can again, see when he's getting to really express himself and not just make choices of what he wants to eat or go, or he can express emotions and feelings and thoughts. And 
yeah. and all of that. And it's just, it's incredible. And it's just something I want to continue to build on because that's going to be his independence down the line. It's just made me think too. I mean, it's just like people who do have language mm-hmm. that, um, it still takes a lot for us to speak in a way where we feel like we can open up to someone and share what's really, you know, meaningful to us. Um, it's, it's easy enough going, yeah, like I'll take ice cream over whatever. Right. Yeah. And it's just that that sounds like the same thing for Colin. Yes. He gets so excited and just, you can just tell it's like almost like a weight lifted off and like, Oh, I can do more than, cause I mean, we started with just yes, no cards, um, all of those things. And he just took to that right away. And I mean, we would do stuff when we first got, got the packs and it was interesting to see, like, you really have to focus. And this is our starting journey of your words have power and you have a voice. And even if you don't talk like other people, you still have your opinions and your feelings and everything like that. And, they told us to do something like give him two choices of candy and like mustard or hot sauce so that he would really pay attention. And I'm like, well, that seems really mean. But for someone with attention issues, it made him really realize that I think has helped him going forward that this does matter. You don't just randomly point at something because we'd just put two cards on the table and he'd pick up mustard and hand it to us and be like oh you want some mustard here you go we just put like a little teeny bit on his tongue and he'd be like (laughs) (laughs) and then it was not long before and then we just started with you know yes and no and different food items and different activities and different people and whatever um and it just you can just see him because like i said his receptive was so strong but to be able to express to the expressive language just wasn't coming verbally so I was wanting to talk to you too about like those, like what it was like, particularly early on in his NMT session. I really didn't understand how the sessions went and, and like the process of the whole therapy and all that, obviously. Yeah. I was like, what are they, they're squeezing his feet. What are they doing now? And then learning about like the different, the metronome and how that impact makes an impact and being able to use that information and carrying that through at home, like we'll go around banging the drum sometimes. And even if he's doing it and I'm cooking, we'll do like stop just so he has to stop and wait. Cause that's something we've worked on a lot. Sure. And he'll sit there waiting and then I'll say, okay, go, you know, and sometimes we'll do like hand motions <laughs> or voice. Cause I know, you know, Suzanne's taught us all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So we just try to make it part of life at this point um, because we do notice the differences and he enjoys doing it. He knows it helps him. So he'll, he enjoys doing it. Yeah. He'll come out with his therapy ball and a drum and bounce up and down on it and hit the drum and wait for me to say stop, start if I'm in the kitchen and wow. I can't like be doing, you know, bilateral drumming with him or something. But he's just, he, it's his favorite. I don't know what to say. Like, you know, yeah. we do pole walking like kooks around our neighborhood. We look at the beach. At we did it. Yes. I told you we did it at the beach this summer. People would be like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> And he made a lot of friends on the beach and we educated a lot of people because they had the little metronome going. Like, okay, so it did seem strange and you, oh, know, yeah. you had that, but you also recognized that it had value. Yeah. yeah. I thought we're going to, you know, most people, I even go to visit some programs now and they're like, oh, we have music therapy here. And it's really circle time where they're singing songs and like, they're going to sing, um, old McDonald had a farm. Oh, Joe, now it's your time. What, a- what animal do you want to pick for your turn? And they're like, okay, everybody, Joe wants it. So it's, 
you know, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, my kid loves music. I mean, I love music. I can listen to my hard rock stuff when I want to go for a run and it gets, you know, so we all know those effects of music. But for these guys, it's like a whole nother level and obviously clearly a lot deeper than just listening and having sing-alongs. Yeah, actually. I which mean, I didn't get. And that's, I, I really want to talk about that if that's okay. Because <laughs> yeah. like the people listening to that, this, I don't know how many times as a therapist I've had a parent come to mm-hmm. me being like, yeah, his favorite song is X, like you said. <laughs> so embarrassing. Can you yeah. just have a bit of fun? You know, like if you could sing yeah. that. And, um, and I think actually as therapists, we fall into the trap of meeting low expectations. Mm. Um, and so I just want to, I wonder what it was like from your point of view when your therapist didn't fall into that trap of meeting <laughs> low expectations. Um, were you disappointed that they were like singing all these songs? And I was like, well, this doesn't seem very fun, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then, that was what I came here for. <laughs> when do I get to play an instrument? Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting is, you know, once it was, I watched the sessions, they were really great too about watch what goes on. This is going to be the basis of it. And then we were able to talk more at the end. And then obviously week after week, not only are you seeing differences, you're seeing number one, also how excited he is to come to therapy. But the cool thing is, is that there is that musical element still, but they're using it clinically to where Colin will get to go to the jam room sometimes and he'll get on the piano. So it sounded like two things were really critical from the therapist's point of view, providing you with education at, you know, at your pace. But then from your point of view, there was just a level of trust or confidence. You might not have understood why it was working, but you must have just sensed that that it was worth sticking with, even though you didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah. And both of those seem to be just as necessary as the other. Yeah. Cause initially um, I would notice that most of the parents were in the waiting room at therapy. Whereas like at other therapies, sometimes they'd be back. So it was kind of half and half, but at NMT, like all the parents were in the waiting room, just chatting with each other. And I'm like, don't you care what's going on? Like what's going on back there? Then I just started realizing, and it was the first therapy where I knew he was getting what he needed and didn't need me there. These parents can actually sit out here because they're confident. Good things are happening. You know, sometimes still Suzanne and I will do a combo session because there might be something new I'm going to do at home or there might be a new concern for Colin. We just know it's going to be an ongoing journey. It's with him. It's not going to be an acute treatment clearly because he's been here for a little while, but he's, he's just that guy that like is, is going to have constant different challenges, but I'm also seeing, you know, so much growth with him. If you look at the long, journey it's noticeably different from us functioning as a family going out to eat going on vacations um going to family parties it's been a lot of work and i know it's going to continue to be a lot of work but i feel like we have great tools now and i'll throw in there that at this point nmt is now the only quote-unquote therapy that we've continued with thank you that's a quite a cool little note to end on Thank you, Cheryl. Of course. Um, it's really good of you to share all these things. And now Colin's graduation speech. Should note that VUD is his made-up word, 
and he says it means very good. Here we go. Vision. To be okay. Strengths. I am funny. I am cool. Today I am your student and teacher. You know I am smart. Need help with? Easy to type but very hard. You hope I can see and tell you. You can tell me. I want to be independent. Help to be independent. I want to be better. I want to be more. Accomplishments. I'm big fun. I can type. I help mum. I'm very patient. I'm big free. I'm tired. I'm very vood. Yes, I'm very vood. What works for you? To be very smart. To be fun. To be me. To have good times. You think this will help me? You think anyone cool cares? You think I have not tried to be? To keep busy, I'm pleasing people. Thank you for listening to Baselines. If you enjoyed the show, please hit follow and leave a rating and a review. My single purpose for making this podcast is that it helps us, the music therapists of today, to think clearly and carefully about what we do. I hope today's episode has given you something valuable to consider for your work and your practice.